0: Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Okay, we're going to carry on today, just in the last few moments of this service, um, with the third part of sharing your faith. And we're in a series of sharing your faith, which is the last part of a year, pretty much, we've had on discipleship. And God is stirring something in the church, amen? amen? We're stepping out of our circles of comfort into the zones of the unknown. We're doing this thing. We are, we are discovering people's stories. We're discerning next steps. We're developing friendships. With people in the world, we're not just coming to church and being inspired. We're being sent out. Amen. Like like uh, lambs, uh, what is it? Wh- lamb lambs among wolves, whatever it is, but supercharged lambs. Amen. Uh, with the power of God upon our lives to shine in the darkness. Let's just read some scripture here. Matthew chapter nine. Oh, I didn't highlight this one. So Matthew chapter nine, verse 23, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl's not dead, she's asleep. Little girl had died. But they laughed at him, and after the crowd had all been put outside, he went in, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread. News of this spread. Let's all say that. News of this spread throughout all the region. Down to verse uh, 27, as Jesus went from there a different place, two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on a son of David. When he'd gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked him, Lord, do you believe that, uh, um, he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But, (laughs) but they went out and spread the news. Everybody say spread the news. news. They went out and spread the news about him all over the region. Matthew chapter eleven. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask the Lord Jesus, "Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else?" Jesus replied, "Go back and report to John what you hear." And what you see, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have skin disease, leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Go and tell him what you see and hear. Mark chapter five, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. They were afraid and those who had seen it told the people, what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. As Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus didn't let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them. Everybody say, "Tell tell them. Tell them, tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go and tell them what God's done for you. Tell people what Jesus has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the 10 cities of Jerusalem. He went on a preaching trip just because he had a testimony how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. Mark chapter seven. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. He spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said, epaphtha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosed and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anybody, but... (laughs) but but the more he told them not to tell anybody the more they kept talking about it don't you love a bit of disobedience every now and again don't you love it it's like having kids don't touch that (laughs) stop telling perhaps that's the new strategy Guys, Citygate, don't tell anybody about Jesus. Stop it. Never do it ever again. Perhaps that'll do something. (laughs) The more he said, don't, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Today, I want to talk about the power of a story. The power of a story. Wouldn't you love to... To see what people think, like a, a rolling script on their forehead. When you're talking to them. Oh, I wish he'd shut up. I wish I could just go home right now and have, the, have lunch. I'm not talking about in church. It would be, I'm loving this. This is amazing. I never want to go home. Wow, what an amazing church. What a wonderful saviour we have. Going on. I know that's what all of your minds would be saying. But what about when you're out in Sainsbury's? Oh, they don't have those tills anymore, do they? It's just <laughs> scanning. I'm doing old, old tills. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm 58, yeah? What am I? Am I 58? 57, whatever I am. We used to have tills where you used to do this and ting, 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 wah, ting, 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 ting. ting, ting. Mm. Then they became electric. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> But it's like, I'm smiling, but on the inside, it's like, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm smiling on the outside because this is my job, I'm being paid to do this, but on the inside, it's like, I don't know what to do. Wouldn't you like to see what's going on inside people's heads? And it was interesting with the Lord Jesus Christ, he could see inside of people. He could see inside of people because he was so in touch with the Holy Ghost. I'd like to, you know, when I'm telling people about Jesus, I'd love, to, I'd love to see what they're thinking on the inside. Another religious nutter. Another Jesus freak. You don't believe that, do you? I don't know, wouldn't you like to know what's on the inside of people? Sometimes people tell you outside, you know, just bang, they just tell you. But other people, just for being polite, one thing's on the outside, something else is on the inside. But wouldn't you like to know you're hitting the mark? Wouldn't you like to know that the things you're saying are actually ringing in people's minds and in their ears and going, wow, this is amazing. This is really touching me. This is really answering some questions that I've had. Wouldn't you love to know that? Well, we're not going to know by having something on on the forehead of people's, on the foreheads of people that we can see what's going on on the inside. But what we can do is be more prepared, less haphazard about this, less hit and miss. Do you know what I mean? Oh wow, I've got an opportunity now. I'm I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm in the zone of the unknown. God's opened up a conversation here. Oh, I hope it goes well. Now, I know we can all rely on the Holy Spirit and the Bible tells us that we know, don't worry about what you're gonna say. But that doesn't mean to say, don't care what you're gonna say. Hello? Don't be unprepared about what you're gonna say. Jesus got prepared for 30 years before he said anything. He didn't just go out there blindly and sort of, ah, well, it'll be all right on the night. It'll be okay and everything will just work and I'll just know what to say so we don't give it any attention. No, come on, we're going to be passionate about this. There is a power in a story. In fact, your story is probably the most powerful thing you've got because it comes out of here. It's not just what you've been taught or a theory. Of course, we got the Word of God, but but. When we speak about what God has done in our life, wouldn't it be great to read on people's foreheads, this person's full of integrity. Wow, they're living life above their circumstances. Wow, what a really nice person. Wow, this person's incredibly caring. See, sometimes when we give the gospel, telling people about Jesus, I wonder if the caring and the love and the concern comes through. Just a question. Wouldn't it be great to know that people aren't going weird, hypocrites, boring, don't understand this? What does that word mean? Don't understand. What, what's the Bible? Just creating more questions in people's minds. Wouldn't it be great to have, wow, well, I'm understanding this? This is making sense to me. Well, it's because we've prepared. It's because we know what to say. It's because we've got something to say and we're confident about what we're saying, so therefore it comes out well. Is this okay? This is just going to be really practical. These last few minutes, really practical. Stories are powerful. Communication is really important. Just a couple of questions really. How do we talk about God in a way that's clear and passionate? How do we do that? With my personality. With my age. With my experiences. What about how do we convey our personal faith? Our personal stories in a way that is both humble. We'll come back to that one. And interesting. Interesting. Not religious and boring and irrelevant. Well, there is power in our words. We know that. We're a church that understands this stuff. There's power in our words. There's, there's, you know, God's word out of our mouth is sharper than any, any two-edged sword. We can speak and God creates. We can speak to mountains. The mountains has got to move because we've spoken to it. We declare healing. What comes out of our mouth determines our future. You are the prophet of your own life. Absolutely. Your words are so powerful. They are life and creative. So don't fill your mouth with stuff that you don't want to happen. Really important. But let's not just think about, I mean, okay, there's, I've got so many scriptures this morning. Words, Psalm 119, words give light and understanding. Proverbs 12, uh, uh, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 17, using words sparingly shows you are a person of knowledge. That's a good one, isn't it? Some people talk too much, they just come across as idiots. Hello? Just uh, just think about it, if the cat fits, yeah? Proverbs 16, (laughs) Words are a honeycomb, healing and health. Ecclesiastes 10, a fool is consumed by his own words. A wise man's words are gracious. Don't you love that? Humble, healing, wise, gentle, grace-filled. Power of words. And of course, they said of Jesus, his words are full of authority. Can I ask us, is this what we're known for? Let's make it personal. Is this what I'm known for? Or, or am I known for words of unbelief? Words of complaining, words of moaning, words of criticism. Words can be really effective in our lives. Firstly, how we talk about God, who he is, what he's done in our lives. Words are vital. Words are vital. Now, lifestyle has got to be there for our words to be Meaningful can't live one way and say something else. The world's full of hypocrites. We don't, we don't need Christian ones. Amen. Amen. We don't need Christian hypocrites. We want people whose lifestyle is there and so what they say is backed up by what they live. But how we talk about God, who he is, what he's done in our lives and also how we talk about our personal experience with God explaining the main thing, one thing that God has done in our lives. Words are so, so, so important. Communication is so important. So really I need to ask us today, what is God's story and what is your story? Number one, God has a story. God has a story. Now we know that God's got a story, but the problem is it's such a big one. It's a big story. And half the problem when we go to tell people about Jesus, we start in Genesis. And we go through to Revelation. And we start talking about the Antichrist. And how Jesus is going to destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Weird. Irrelevant. Hello? You see, God's got such a big story. Massive story. We need to be good at condensing that story down to a conversation. Really down to a statement. Just down to something so simple. And this is something, you know, dare I say it, something to learn. If I was to ask, if I was to come around now and say, what is God's story? Bang, tell me in in three minutes, you got three minutes, what's God's story? I wonder if we'd sort of, Oh, no! okay, where do I start? What do I do? No, come on, guys, we're Christians. We should know this stuff. Let's learn something. I mean, I just wrote something down here. I'm out of time, so I can't preach what I was going to preach. Um, I just wrote this down last night as I was, as I was just going over this. God created man because he loves us and wants us to have an eternity with him. And we've all done the same thing over and over and over. And in the process, we've lost the abundant life and relationship that God gave us. But God didn't give up on us and provided a way out of the mess we have brought on ourselves by sending Jesus as a saviour. When we accept what God has done for us, what Jesus did when he died for our sin and our mess, we give our lives over we immediately experience his amazing forgiveness and get a new start in life back into relationship with the God who created us. Bang. That's a pretty good story. Now, I didn't spend any time on that and actually going over it again, I thought, oh, it's a bit religious. But there's a story there. There's a story. There's a simple story. You see, when you're in the line at Sainsbury's or you're in the office desk, you haven't got time. And actually, frankly, people don't want to hear about some great doctrinal exegesis. They just want to know, who's God? What's this all about? So first thing today is, I'm going to encourage us all to write down God's story in a way that it will relate to somebody who has no clue what you're talking about. God has a story. Learn to tell it well. Literally learn to tell it well. Well, I'm going to encourage us all to go home and write down the story of God in, let's say, 150 words. I don't know what that was. Probably 100 100 words that was. Write it down and learn it. What's the story of God to be able to relate to somebody for me to have a conversation. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. What's the second thing? You and I have a story. God has a story and you have a story. Learn to tell it well. You see, if we're going out and we're shining and we're loving and we're, and we're believing, we're stepping out of our, our circle of comfort into the zone of the unknown, We've got something to say. I mean, I could do a real powerful Julian Melfi, go for it, preach on this. (laughs) The power of your testimony. And they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And come on, go bang. But can I just really simplify this down? You've got a before story. You've got an encounter story. And you've got an after story. That's what each of us have got. A before, an encounter, and an after. People came to Jesus. Just think about somebody being healed of leprosy. What would their before and after be? Well, it would be sick to well. Yeah? It would be diseased to whole. It would be outcast to accepted. It would be defiled to good as new. It will be left for dead to have a future. It will be striving to grateful. It will be self-destructive to healthy. It will be guilty to free. It will be fearful to confident. Now I've given us what there, eight or 10 there. We just need one. We just need one. You see, so often we complicate even our own story. And, you know, stories can be. Have you ever asked somebody a question and then regretted you asked them? Hello. Tell me, how's your week been? Just a piece of advice never overstep your welcome. (laughs) How's your week been? Well, don't go and unload seven days full of news unless you're married. That's a different thing. But how's your week been? Just sort of turn around and say, oh yeah, had some challenges or yeah, we had a great testimony. How was yours? Don't go, let me tell you. (laughs) No, let things progress in a conversation. Don't kill it off in the first hour. (laughs) <laughs> and it's a bit like that when we're speaking to people about Jesus you know what sometimes we are so overwhelming this thing goes on forever and it's like okay let me tell you I'm going to go back to when I was four years old you know what when I was four I had this and like you're 60 and it's like I'm four, and the person goes oh my word what am I in for here have you ever have you ever listened to stories from someone who won't shut up? <laughs> Let's not be those people. Is this, this is just really practical this morning. I know I love preaching spiritually and I love doing deep understanding of the Word of God. But today is just, guys, if we're going to lead people to Jesus, we need to know how to tell God's story and we need to tell our story. Things can go badly wrong when somebody just doesn't shut up. What about when it's really fuzzy about the theme or the point you're trying to make? And they're going on and they're going down this road and that road and it's fluffy. And then you're going, what are you talking about? What's the point here? In fact, I've stopped a lot of conversations. Okay, I'll stop there. What do you want to say? (laughs) What do you want to say to me? Hello? But... If we're at that point and we're trying to give the gospel to somebody or trying to, or trying to tell somebody God's story or our own story, you lost them a long time before they said anything. Oh, I, actually, I've got to go now. Or, what on earth are you talking about? No, come on. We want to be short, concise, and clear so we know the point we're trying to make. If we don't know the point we're trying to make, heaven help anybody who's listening to us. What about when it's full of Christian ease? Oh, hallelujah, praise God. When I went to a Pentecostal church when I was 14 and the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost really zapped me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even understand half of that. It's like, "What, what, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, and the presence of God fell in the place. What, what are you talking about? See, some of us think we've got to impress people with our depth of Christian knowledge. No, that's how we lose people. That's how you cut conversations off. People don't want to hear Christianese. Oh, praise God, hallelujah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. They don't want to hear all of that stuff. They just want to hear your story. They just want to know why do you believe what you believe? Let's not go on forever. Let's be clear with the point we're trying to make and let's not fill it with stuff that you've got to have a degree in theology to understand. What about when we play the superiority card? Hey, I'm a Christian now. (sighs) Oh. so good being in victory. (laughs) How do you feel? You defeated sinner. But (laughs) tell you what, if you come to Jesus, you can live in victory like me. (laughs) Ha! And we play the superiority card. Now, we're not talking about go the other extreme to false humility. But can I just say, even though it's your story, it's not about you. It's about what God's done in you. I don't want people to go away thinking, wow, I met the Julian Melfi. No, I want them to go away thinking, what an amazing story of what Jesus did for that person. Who were they again? What was his name? Who was he? You see, it's not about wow, we're so good now, this, this proud, arrogant, hey, I'm super Christian. Because nobody wants to relate to that. Because it just comes across like arrogance, that like acting like we're perfect. And it's just not true. So this week, what are we going to do? Because we're stepping out of our circles of comfort. We're going out to the zone of the unknown. We're developing friendships. We're asking people out for coffee. We're seeing people. We're getting to know people. We're going down the pub with people on a Friday. When all the work goes down there, we're actually going to go. We're not compromising our lifestyle and our faith. We're going to shine when we're there. But we're actually getting into the place where we can have an effect. What are we going to say when we get there? Well, we're going to be interested in them. We're going to shut up and listen to their story. We learned all this last week. We're going to discover their story, be more interested in them than we are in making our point and saying, well, yeah, but I've got something to say here. No, just listen to them. But then when the opportunity opens itself, we've got a story to tell about the God of all creation who so loves this world. We've got something to say. Learn the story. Write it down in a 100 words and learn it. And then also this week, you're gonna write down your own story. How are you going to do that? And I'm asking everybody to do this. I want you to write down five or six adjectives of your before story. Five or six adjectives, just just quickly. You know, it it could be different things for different people. Lonely, depressed, um, sad, angry, um, in unbelief, lost, uh, confused. It could be, I I don't know, just five or six adjectives. Bang, 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 bang. Then I want you to pick one. Because you don't have to tell everything. You just need something that speaks of a changed life. It could be from before you were actually a Christian, or it could just be any type of a before. It doesn't have to be before you received Jesus, and then after you received Jesus. How do you know, stuff happens after you've received Jesus. Yeah? Could be. If you've got very clear before and after you met Jesus, wonderful, but some people there were just raised so Christian, it doesn't matter. Just something that described you before in a before way. Choose one of them. Then number two, we're gonna write down, think about our encounter experience. Try to describe the circumstances that caused you to submit your life to Jesus Christ, or come back to Jesus, or get an answer from Jesus. What happened? And I'm not talking about, oh man, we were in the fire of God in the church. Oh no, come on. La, 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 la. What happened? Well, you know, I, I was speaking to somebody one day and something they said really impacted me. I was, I was in a church service and I really felt God say to me, put it in just natural language. Don't shy away from the spirituality of it, but say it in a way that impacts people's lives. If you don't have a single moment when you gave your life to Jesus, what about how, you know, perhaps a time when you really realised, wow, this is so real to me? What's the most significant thing about the decision that you made? Think about that encounter experience and then afterwards... Sorry, the third thing is your after. So we've already said, okay, well, I was lonely or I was confused or I, or I was searching or I was upset or I was rejected or I was sick or I, or I had financial issues, whatever it was. Then we've identified our encounter experience. What about the after? State the primary difference that Christ has made in your life. How can you answer this line or add on to this line? Since Christ came into my life, I have become what? I've become more understanding of people. Before I was angry and now I'm more understanding of people. Well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. It's your story. It's your story. People need to hear your story. I was sick I was brought to a service and people were praying for people. I'd never seen that before and I was healed. Well, wow, perhaps that's your story. Perhaps it's, well, I was raised in a Christian family, but it didn't mean anything to me. But when I was in my 20s, you know what? I just really knew something was missing in my life and nothing I was doing filled that gap. I don't know, I felt unfulfilled. And, and you know, I prayed with somebody about coming to know Jesus and being introduced to Jesus, that he was a real person. And now I know I'm fulfilled. Great story but you need to say your story in 100 words. Really practical, I'm asking everybody to do this. That we write down God's story, and we write down our story. And then can I say, learn them. Because you will use them time and time again. And that's all we're gonna do today. Is that okay? Get anything out of that? Very simple, very straightforward. But we're doing this on purpose. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? (sighs) Father God, we thank you today that you indeed have an amazing story. That you're a God of love, a God of power, a God of, Lord, ability, supernatural, amazing. Grace and power and love and Father, we know you. Lord, I pray that you really help us to... To get this really set in our lives. How to communicate who you are to the people around us. Lord that we are people who are prepared. Equipped and ready. And Father we know each of us here today has got a story. Lord it doesn't have to be. Lord something that we'd almost read in the Old Testament. I was on I was on the banks of the Jordan and you split the Jordan and I walked through it. Lord God, we don't want to be dramatic. We just want to be real. Who you are to us and what you've done in our lives without the Christian jargon, without it being boring or super spiritual. Just what you've done in our lives and we're eternally grateful. So Holy Spirit, I pray you help us as a church as we move forwards with all of this in sharing our faith in the world. Lord, that you will equip us. You'll help us to write down and to learn what you've done. Because we love you so much for being who you are and what you've done in our lives. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Can we give him some praise today? Is that okay? Hallelujah. Thank you.